Welcome you to Porch Talk. This is your host, Alan, and I'm excited for today's guest. I have Ryle Lowry, Excellius Art. If you have seen the flyers for uh, Porch Fest over the past four years, you've seen his art. And uh, he's my guy. I use him if I have an event where I need something done. He's my guy. Uh, Ryle, how you doing? I'm pretty good, man. What's going on? How's everything, Alan? Man, it's uh, anticipation's building up, dude. It's January. Porch Fest comes in April, and uh, man, that's that's like uh, it's like my Christmas to the community, man. That's like uh, it's it's the most fun planning, and uh, when it's finally here, I just I just love it, dude. Yeah, man, it's a lot that goes into planning an event. I guess for you to be the curator, it's a lot on your shoulders. Yeah, and uh, this is the first year where I. I mean, even like you and I connecting, like uh, last year, I kind of put you in a bind, kind of rushed you a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And, and, dude, yeah. You like, got me on that one. Last year's planning, dude, it was so ridiculous because like I didn't start it till three months out. But this year I took six months and I was like, this is the way, you know. I mean, yeah, that um, the outside plan, it really does give you some time to actually like finalize some things and it gives you some slack, a little bit of leeway. You know, just in case things go this way, things go that way, you know, kind of have a little bit more time to play with the finalization of everything, especially when it comes to the event. So events are like not easy because it's open to the public, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like there is the littlest things, especially if it's a public event. If you like, let's say you needed more bathrooms and you forgot to get somebody to bring in porter potties. That could be a mess. Yeah, man. That definitely is a thing. I've never <laughs> curated in a full event by myself to say I have to actually bring in porta potties and like call a sanitation company to bring me a porta potty. That's a lot. Yeah. And I remember like just some of the events that we've helped do at the Trotter, like um, you know, they would ask us to come out and do the beer uh, for the event and kind of help host it. And man, just some of the loops you have to go through as far as just like going through the city and the state to make sure everything is completely legal and you know that you're not breaking yeah, any rules it's a lot know, of it's, phone calls and voicemails and contracts yeah what is it what's it like on your end like when i hit you up uh, i mean i guess we got two variations of this one where you didn't have a whole lot of time and on like this one we had a couple of months to kind of sit down and plan this one like I guess you probably like to have the time to be able to sit down and take your time and not be rushed on it. But mm-hmm. uh, there's probably two different approaches on it, though. I mean, it's it's never an issue when somebody comes with an idea that they just sprung up overnight or sprung up over the last couple of weeks and they finally were able to get it down to words and like fully plan it out how they want it. Um, you know, it's, it's never an issue. It's just kind of meeting you where you want to be met more or less like meeting you with what you see in your head and trying to be able to put that on paper. Yeah. Like the last one, that one was kind of fun because it more so had to do with you. So I'll just get to, I got to, you know, blow up your head and like play with your features <laughs> and stuff like that. So that was actually yeah. pretty cool. I had a treehouse coming out my noggin. Yeah, <laughs> it worked, you know, definitely yeah. worked. But um, this one, I like where you went with the idea because it was able for me to incorporate a lot of different ideas of, how I've met you 
in different mm-hmm. settings and whatnot. So it was able to kind of bring a lot of your personality and what I can kind of see of what you're going with, with the porch fest idea. So mm-hmm. this one, I felt like it was a lot of more of your personality into the sketch. So oh, being able to have the time for this one was pretty cool. Yeah. And even like the personality to Munson and brothers came out as well with the, the rustic yeah. cabin and I mean, like we're all kind of the we're cut from the same cloth. I mean, we we do kind of all have that same kind of personality or vibe or whatever you want to say. Yep. It's like yep. this is the atmosphere that we want to create. Yeah, man, it's just that it's that chill, laid back cabin. You know, it's this it's that area where you know the outside wonders and worries of the world kind of flow to the side a little bit. Kind of just sit back, put your feet up, and just kick back for a minute. So I kind of really wanted to bring that into this flyer. Yeah, man. And knocked it out of the park. If if you follow uh, either of us on the socials, you probably caught the image of it. I've put it up on everything. And, uh, man, it's really knocked it out of the park, man. Once again, I mean, just everyone is just so happy about it. And, like, sh- being able to share it this week, man, it's like, man, it got people hyped. People were texting and be like, man, this is awesome. This is this is the best flyer. This is cannot wait. And I was like, my man killed it. <laughs> I'm glad you like it, man. I'm really glad you like yeah. it. I kind of feel like if, if Munson was to say, Hey, I'm going to go buy a cabin in Colorado tomorrow. It would look something it. like that. Like just yeah. randomly like this. Forget the amount of money. Forget where it's at. None of that. It's just like, I feel like that kind of brings about that aspect of a brotherhood, you know? Yeah, dude. Hey, what about uh, what about like what you got going on now? You stay pretty busy with your uh, with your art and everything you're doing with that. Yeah, man. I'm I'm stuck between a lot of commissions and stuff coming in and dad life. You know, oh, trying yeah, to dude. split between. I have stuff. People have ready to get paid for. Um, I will put it on your podcast. I was not gonna post it, but I guess it is time for me to mention something about it. I am back to tattooing. I have officially, yes, I got, um, I got a call from a really, really close friend of mine from the time I was like 13 and, um, his daughter wants her first tattoo. Well, her second tattoo. And, um, she, you know, and I have just a couple of people been hit me up about it just for me to get back into it. I started designing some stuff very recently for a couple of close friends of mine and they got some stuff done and I just getting slack from it. It was like, Oh, I just wish you would have done it. I want you to get back into it. So now that COVID is officially over because that is why I stopped tattooing because my first son was born during the pandemic. So I had to fully right. stay away from anything social at all. And I was working in the hospital in the ER at the same time. So I had to fully disconnect from the outside world aside from work until work shut down, you know, but um, right. I'm back to it. Um, just a lot of commissions now, just between tattoos and logos and just a lot of commissions coming off the back. So just balancing that stuff out with um, just dad life. Dad life, yeah. living in a state where I have no family whatsoever. So, yeah, man. And you, you kind of bounced yeah. around. You got you got family in New York State and uh, down in Florida, right? No. I don't have Georgian family down in Florida. A lot of my family's in Georgia, yeah, between New York and Georgia. I lived in Miami as, um, let's just say, a catalyst to my 
upbringing you know it was a whole situation but um florida was pretty cool lived out there for a good minute but no family down in florida anymore a lot of my friends what made you uh what made you want to get down that way well if you ask about it um an <laughs> ex-girlfriend um i was still in new york at the time and i just needed to get back out of new york i was tired of being there um, i was looking to more so progress obviously getting older because i'm from there so to go back there after a certain amount of time living there living elsewhere and seeing different parts of the united states places where you can live you know what it's like to live elsewhere it's not the stress it's not the hustle and bustle you know somebody explained to me one time as a kid leave new york as young as you can because you're going to get caught in a trap where oh. you're trying to make enough money to live but you don't Dude. make enough money to leave you know yeah it's and, like a big trap yeah like i seen my Dude. uncle he's an architect and um i spent a lot of time working with his company up there and it progressed my artwork but i used to see him pay 17 dollars a day to cross the bridge from the bronx into manhattan and then 17 dollars a day going back so every mm -hmm. time he crossed the bridge was 17 dollars every single day 34 so, 34 come on so it was just like man it gave me like a wake-up call because it was just like dude i don't want to do that so i ended up the girlfriend and just ended up having an opportunity to move to florida had an opportunity to go to college and i was like well let's why not capitalize on the opportunity you know don't turn down something go. that's at your feet and somebody's willing to give you scholarships to go to school why why turn it down get to you out of new york whole another environment you never been there you know that was the uh run with it I was young so hey i hear you man that's that's really like the story i come from a small town just across the state line kennedy alabama and hey i've um, been there i've been there yeah I've been there. I can officially say I've been there. Word. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's usually you blink, you miss it, right? But, uh, uh, man, there, there's always a saying when you get old enough to drive about that place is uh, it's similar to what you said about New York. Is As soon as you get out of this high school, run and go and run as far as you can or you'll never Word. get out. And it's not that it's a trap or that it's a bad thing. I mean, I have guys that I went to high school with that picked up and did what their dad did. And I I think, you know, they're honoring their parents and the land that they grew up on. And I think that's yeah. great. But, you know, that ain't for everybody. And I uh, agree. Definitely. Agree. And, and I've, I've been fortunate enough to like, I live in Tuscaloosa for a short time, Mobile, uh, Columbus, now startville i mean i've I've kind of been uh all over the place with that and uh every place is so different and it don't matter how close it is <laughs> but like going from like new york city down to florida man that had to be like a culture shock almost nah man not even um not even i mean i feel like places in the south uh, i've been to a lot of places you spoke about so for my experience, it seemed not a lot like the same area, but it didn't seem too much of a different space of if you've been out there before and you're from that area, you can, uh, you know, acclimate yourself to it. Yeah, you from New York just... to Florida, um, it wasn't really much because I didn't go straight from there. Um, I lived when I moved when I was younger, I moved to Georgia mm -hmm. and then I had went back to New York on my own, you know, 
as a teenager, obviously way against my mother's will. But I had a reason to move up there. My grandmother had gotten a little sick, so I was able to convince her, my mother, I need to be up there to help take care of her because my mom is the teacher. So obviously she couldn't do it. So I talked myself into that one. And then once I started working in a tattoo shop, I talked myself into not having to go back. So it was kind of a me playing around with the scenario type thing. But going from New York to Florida, I had been down there a bunch of times. New York is like Florida, except Florida is hotter. There are beaches. Well, there are more beaches and there's more parking. That's mm-hmm. the only difference. It's the same amount of people. There are a lot of people from New York down there. And the price of living is the exact same. There's no difference except there's <laughs> parking for your car versus right. New York. You have to park on the street. My uncle moved from New York to Florida and he was just like, I should have never moved down here. I was just like, yeah, he had the full experience of it's the same price for living. The apartments are the same price. Food is the same price. The cost of living is the exact same price. There's no difference at all yeah it was fun obviously because i was younger and i was in college living out in miami college you know that's yeah i think about it that's the life right there that's that's pretty cool i was where else would you want to be man oh exactly you know because i remember like uh man spring break when i was in college i mean there was like you had cosmail miami uh panama city yeah uh, CPC, you know the, those, all of that yep, yep yeah yep. those were the hot spots man and like I mean, you would just hear all these stories of those who had came before. So like, yeah, Miami, dude. It, yeah, Miami is a spot to be. Yep. <laughs> but the thing is, it's so different being a tourist somewhere and actually living somewhere. And that's the thing that I think people get caught up with when it comes to just wanting to travel all the time. When you have to actually settle somewhere and consider, okay, I have to make this place a, you know, I have to make this an opportunity aside mm-hmm. from I'm just a tourist it becomes different. You have to get involved with certain things. You have to actually become a person up there, you know, to like actually thrive and stuff. So it's a little bit different. Like I hear a lot of people tell it they want to go to New York so bad. And like, I would love to be in New York. And it's like, if you can imagine having to move your car at six o'clock in the morning to not get a ticket because the garbage sweeper truck is coming by, or you're going to get a 50, 60, hundred dollar ticket. It is a whole scenario. So it's like, it seems fun until you live there. You know? Yeah, I had a, uh, he's an artist. He's uh, from down around Jackson, Mississippi. And he thought he wanted to go to New York. And um, he did a whole bunch of street art while he was there. He would, he'd paint what he, what he saw with, mm-hmm. uh, he'd do a lot of watercolor. And uh, I bought this one. I, and I got to put the art up on the walls here, but, uh, he uh it was just a piss bottle on the on the street and he just sat right there on the street and drew it and i was like it's just piss huh he was like man when i moved up to new york you know i was just so captivated and fascinated by the city but he was like after three minutes three months in like what you're saying reality started hitting and like i wasn't the realization that i wasn't a tourist anymore really sat in and I ended up living in my car for a little, for a short period of time before I was like, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, a lot of people, like, like a lot of people, that is still their dream. Like, I remember as a kid, 
obviously I grew up in the nineties. So, you know, people still had that American dream of like go to New York, go to Ellis Island, you know. You would still hear that from people. I would hear from people in my school where they would come from different areas. It's like, you know, we finally made it to New York. And it's just like, as I got older, I was just like, man, I am thankful and I am blessed enough that I've been able to live different places in the United States where I know that is not like the one place to be. Because I saw family members who like refuse to leave because they're like, well, what are you going to do? down in a place that doesn't have a major city it's just like the same thing we do in a place who has a major city live you know live life find out different stuff different areas and stuff like i've spent a lot of time traveling on the west coast and you know some people in new york is just like well i can't go out to california it's just like why it's just yeah. another state yeah man i've uh man i was i've been guilty of that like uh I've traveled and do this podcast a bit and, you know, I might spend the weekend and down in Hattiesburg or over in Birmingham and granted, I've hung out there enough to think I would be all right. And then when I travel more, like, you know, there was periods of time to where I just thought there were places in the country where uh, the music scene was something I really thought I wanted to be a part of and chase, like uh, not a, moving to Nashville and Austin, but other little hot pockets of you know in the country i'd be like i'd like to give it a shot out there and i would always just talk myself out and like just back to how we open and i was like why am i fantasizing about all these different cities and their culture when we could just build it right here we can yeah. have we, we can have what we want it, I mean, it, may, definitely it, can. it, it may take some years Uh, whatever you get. He's talking to a ghost. There's nobody yeah. on the screen. He's talking to yeah. a ghost. Yeah, uh, getting the DoorDash orders in. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, dude, it's uh, and it may take years, but uh, I think it's worth it. And it's always crazy, like as you like i mean i just think about like what munson's done at munson brothers and like really curating and building yeah man such a cool place i and can it, definitely agree to that and like i was like man that's really inspiring and i was like <clears throat> we need a hundred of people like him you know yeah no no doubt like i i can say i've seen munson from a couple different changes from when i first moved here in 2021 and i met you guys and you guys invited us over to come down and check it out. It was, it looked completely different. So to see what it's become like to now, like, yeah, that's dope. Like when yeah. I told some of my cousins, um, uh, we just brought one of uh, Bree's cousins there recently. And he was just like, yo, I can definitely see what they're doing here. It's like one of those things where not to say the place doesn't have a lot, but to be able to bring a community of people together from different facets of life, like, you have Air Force dudes in there. You have people just who work in the city randomly. You just have the everyday Joe Schmo who comes in there and says, hey, I'm coming to get a pizza. Like the way they've brought everybody together on different levels is pretty cool. Because just for me moving to Mississippi, obviously I'm not from here. Of course, around the nation, Mississippi gets a bad rep. So mm -hmm. it's like when I tell people like, nah, man, I'm hanging out this place. It's like, what place? Where do you live? It's just like, no, I live on the state line, literally. Like there's nothing out here, but it's just this cool place. It's like, well, 
what? I'm like, yeah, no. You're not going to understand it, but you got to go. Like, you got to see what it looks like inside. Like, it's yeah. a huge soccer field outside. It's like, what are you talking about? It's just like, no, you got to see it. Like, you got to go there. You got to see it. It's not going to make sense until you see it. Yeah. Yeah. Damn, so, I really do appreciate that, what they're doing over there. And we've had uh, just through through doing this and through the Columbus Art Council, even through Munson Brothers, is uh, we've been inviting people down from, like, Nashville or different different pockets of the country is like of uh, you ever heard of Columbus, Mississippi? Uh-uh. Come down here and give us a shot. Come play for us. And you know, and it's always the same thing. Like after they, they came and played Friday and maybe they had booked something up in Tupelo on their way back to wherever they got to go. And you know, they'll always ride. It's like, you know, like this was really a stereotype buster weekend because like all the things that, you know, I've heard about Mississippi and yeah, just people them completely ass backwards. And I'm like, ah, yeah, well, ha, hmm, well, might have to go back there. Yeah, and I mean, they they do. They come back and like sometimes they're not even booked to play. If they're just free, they just come back to hang out. And I was like, that's wild to me. But yeah, yeah I'm, I'm glad that they're doing pretty good over there. They're yeah, really I'm doing glad that pretty good over at Munson. Yeah, and shout out to it, man. And I'm I'm just glad to be a part of it. Have a little. Have a little bit in there. Yeah, man. We should have so, did it over at Munson. Now that I think about it, like we could have did a podcast over there. Or you could have came over here to the studio. I really didn't think about it. But then I, I remembered that you live over in Starkville now. You just moved all the way, just left us over here. You know, just, just ran off 20 miles away. 60 <laughs> miles away. Just so far. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, man. Uh, dude, about if y'all are free tomorrow evening, you want to come to the open mic uh, down at Munson's. Packing to do. Bree's birthday is on Sunday. No, sorry, Tuesday. So we're gonna go out of town uh, this weekend. Go do some enough. stuff. Shoot up probably to Atlanta. We can do a little bit of hiking. We would think about getting a cabin. Oh, that's cool. Like uh, yeah. out at uh, what is that? Uh, Stone Mountain. Up around. No, that? Stone Mountain is in the city of Atlanta, pretty much. Um, I usually shoot a little further out, Appalachian wise. Um, a little past Amicalola. Up toward like the Blue Ridge, like Barristown Ball. So oh. more scenery, more hiking, more hills, more scenery. How'd you find that place? I do a lot of hiking. Uh, really? I used to hike a lot before we had the kids. Uh, Bree and I have been to probably at least 20 of Georgia state parks and a couple up between uh, South Carolina and um, out west. So, a lot of hiking. Oh, man. Man, how'd you get into that? Are you just always was, I just need to be outside. (laughs) Always like hiking. I just always had a thing for hiking, man. Um, Used to do it as a kid, like being in the woods, being in the creeks and stuff, especially when we moved to Georgia. It was a lot more hiking experiences for us. So, well, for me at least. And then um, I just got into it. I remember, uh, I would say one of uh, Bree and I's first dates together. I took her to the mountains, like fully all the way up into the mountains, opened my trunk and I had just, just hiking gear. So it's like, we're going hiking today. That's what we're doing. So <laughs> that's I awesome, show dude. you something. So kind of got into it from there. Well, she got into it from there more or less. I was already into it. Yeah, so, man. And I can uh, say 
before long, man, it's going to be a, a party of four up there, dude. The little ones yeah. going to be growing up, getting into yeah. it. I took them to, um, what's the park out here? Plymouth Bluff. I took them to Plymouth Bluff. They got to walk around there a little bit just oh, to get yeah. a little feel for the hiking experience and stuff. You ever go to the refuge? <laughs> Haven't been there. What's the refuge? So it's the Knoxby uh, County Refuge. It's oh, just, man. just south of Starbucks. Dude, I have a whole story for you at that place. Jesus, man. Alligator involved? Yes, man. Yes. <laughs> so you know my black car, mm-hmm. uh, my black Civic. Drove that. Brie was, I think we had just found out she was pregnant or right before she found out she was pregnant with our second son, Zen. Ra was in his carrier. I have a full camping carrier for him. We went, we walked around, we seen it. And I was like, oh, okay, park is pretty cool. Took my camera, you know, walked out onto a couple of the little um, docks that go out far out. And as we're coming back, there are a couple people at the end of the dock and they have cameras and stuff. And they're like, oh, you know, uh, everybody, something, something, the, the, the big one, whatever, whatever. And I wasn't really paying attention to them. And I asked one of the guys, like, why is everybody joining up? They were like, oh, the big, the big alligator everybody's been looking for is right over there behind that car. I was just like, oh, okay, cool. And I was like, yeah, no, y'all be careful. Don't, you know, don't walk in the parking lot. You might scare him. I'm like, oh, okay, well, hmm. where is he? Is he in the parking lot or like, how big is it? They were like, oh, he's like 15 feet. Good like, Lord. It's 15 feet. It was like the alligator. It's like, huh? So That's two cars. He? They were like, yeah, he's behind that black car, like that little black car over there. Uh, I'm like, my what car? little black car over there? <laughs> I was like, wait, 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 wait. On the side <laughs> of the parking lot, they're like, yeah, he's right behind the bank. I got pictures of him, man. Oh, that's dude, wild, dude. About 15 feet. I kid you not. I was just like, okay. I am not coming back to this park. That's, dude, that's where the Florida man had to come out in you. No, nah, that's a dude. That that's a dumb. I'm not, <laughs> that's that is outside of my realm of comfortability. Like I don't <laughs> mind wild animals. Uh, for Bree's 25th birthday, I actually hiked a waterfall. I know about a hidden waterfall over in the Smithgill Woods, and I hiked this waterfall. Literally, almost died because I went up a branch and the branch snapped as I was coming down. Uh, so she got it on camera. Like I literally almost died. She was screaming for dear life because we hiked in the woods. So if we were to call the cops or the police, it would have took them a minute to get into the park and then where we went and stuff. Dude, I'll tell you Luckily, this is like one thing that I'm thankful for, like with these, these phones is like, I think for situations like that, that being able to drop a pin. Yeah. It that will is, help out. That Some is a game changer. Have like a, you can like if they crash or get hit hard enough, it sends out an emergency shock that will alert nine one one to alert you to a crash or something. That's how a friend of mine uh, was able to find his uh, girlfriend a couple months ago really? during a bad like it rained real hard that day, and she was leaving uh, North Mississippi back down to Startville, and so oh, you know forty five a, it got to raining so hard that. She couldn't see and she ran off the road and like where she went off that little truck she was driving. It was just, you couldn't see it unless you, unless you knew where to look and what exactly. Yeah, dude. Like, and she was like so close to a creek. Like she almost went off into like, which could have been dramatically worse. 
<laughs> yeah, ditch. Like everywhere out here is like ditches. Like there's mm-hmm. just ditches in the road. Yeah, you got to pay attention, dude. But uh, yeah, dude. See, but if it, I paid for that- attention. See, I paid attention in the park. You know, I paid attention <laughs> what the people were saying. I've never seen an alligator that big in my life. But mm-hmm. that was the last hiking I did in Mississippi. I'm not hiking out here no more. I'm good. <laughs> I uh, I don't do it really this time of year. But some days when I get off work, I'll go out there. I've seen. I've seen two alligators. I certainly haven't seen one that big, but uh, I like to I like to go out there to unwind. Let me see if I got a picture of him. I can show you a picture that I got of this guy. He's the size of two Honda Civics, man. I get it. It was just uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable. Oh, I got him right here. Let's see what we got. Hold on. Well, you can't see him right there. This is his face. Oh yeah, yeah. That's a that's a big boy. Yeah, yeah. I see. Like uh, that's about a quarter of him. Yeah, there's some more. It's oh yeah, blurry because of the camera. Wait, yeah, uh, that's yeah, a big boy. Yeah, man. I was not too happy to see him just randomly sitting there. There we go. I took a. You know, they got a fake alligator out there. Now he and, was real. He moved. I saw him yeah. move. It was very uh, uncomfortable. But I, I had a uh, buddy of mine. He's uh, He studies here at State. He's from Egypt. And I, I took him out there one day, and, like, the whole way down there, I was just freaking him out a little bit. I was like, you know, they got gators out there. <laughs> and he's like, I ain't never seen a alligator. I've seen a crocodile. I ain't never seen an alligator. And I was like, yeah, dude, they're pretty, pretty dinosaur-looking things, man. You think we might see one? You know, building that hype up. And – uh I slowed down right when I was coming up on that fake one. And I was like, oh, my God, dude, look at that. I thought he was going to come out oh, of his I know what you're talking about, the one that's posed up on the side of the um, by uh-huh. the lake. Yep, I know exactly what you're talking about. The mouth is open super wide. Uh-huh. I realized he was fake because when we went there, a bunch of kids had put pine cones in their mouth and they didn't move. I was like, yeah. oh, my God, they're about to get eaten. And then move one more. <laughs> yep. Oh wait, that's fake. Okay. Yeah. Yep. I know exactly which one you're talking about. Right by the turn. Yep. I know uh-huh. exactly which one you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh, um, that's pretty funny. <laughs> he did. Uh, I thought he was gonna get a little violent on me after that. I wouldn't have blamed him. I don't guess. <laughs> I mean, that's that's called panic. That's called fear, man. Like fear is something that will like it will change a person. If somebody oh, experiences true fear. A real person, their real personality will like come out, and it's just like you don't know what you're gonna do. You ever mess with like caves or caverns? Yes, I've been in a couple caves, I've been in a couple caverns. Uh, actually, while Brie was pregnant, we went to this, uh, it's called Devil's Den, I think it's in Arkansas. No, it's in Oklahoma, but I have family who lives on the Arkansas Oklahoma border on the reservation. So we went to the spot called Devil's Den and the cave was literally like knock a hole in your wall at like four feet high and then just crawl in. Oh, it wasn't. You can walk in, you can move around. It's just crawl straight in. And as Mm. you crawl back to the back of it, they had cave paintings. They were old ancient cave paintings. So as you laid on your back, you could look up and see them on the top of it. 
but it uh, wasn't high enough for you to even sit up like with your legs crossed. Like you could only crawl in on oh, your hands and knees. It well, was I bet crazy. that would that would drive some people crazy if they were like claustrophobic. Yeah, yeah. I took my mom hiking that day. She was not going in it. <laughs> she would not go in it. And it didn't go that far back. You could actually see me outside. <clears throat> just laying on your back. But it's almost like getting a CAT scan, huh? <laughs> exactly. Like you could literally see your feet, but it took you far in enough. It was actually pretty cool, but cave caverns, I've been in a few. Um can't say anything extreme where I had to use ropes and you know anything like that. Yeah, that uh what was it? Uh it was uh James Franco. Was it forty eight hours where he the guy had his arm stuck and he ended up like having a uh practically like saw off his own arm or he would would have been stuck and it was out out west, like maybe Arizona. Do you remember that story? This has been years ago. It's probably 10, 15 years ago. I was like, man, that I tried to watch that movie, dude. And I was like, man, it, it just drove me nuts. James Franco. Are you a scary movie fan? Yeah, but like it's that it's that real crap like that. Cause man, I, I remember growing up, man, we spent a lot of time on like we would go to Walmart or a Dollar General and we would buy the cheapest tubes or Floaties that we can find. Hours. 120, yeah, 127 <clears throat> hours. That's the name of the movie. Yeah, that movie's wild, dude. It kind of reminded me of what you were talking about, like with that, only like he was the type that uh, would use ropes and all that. But yeah, he, he got his arm caught and he had to, it was either lose an arm or lose your life. Damn. I always said people who get in those situations, it's just like, what mental state do you have to really put yourself in? to really have to dismember part of your body in order to save your own life. Cause you see in the oh, movie so often people are like, Oh, I'll know off my arm. Well, I'll just like hack my arm off. It's like what mental state do you really have to be in? And what are the things you really have to consider? Yeah. To say, yeah. Hey, I'm going uh, to dismember part of my body. Well, it's also like the, the stereotype, like uh, we, I mean, we all do it, but, you know, take a, your your horror film, your Texas Chainsaw or Halloween or mm -hmm. uh, Friday the 13th, and it's like, man, you are running through the woods and tripping over every root and vine, and that dude is just walking hard, and he just comes up on you. That wouldn't happen to me, but I, I, I really think that. Like, <laughs> yeah. you, 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 hit, you hit on it earlier. It's like when real fear takes over. You're not in control, dude. Like you're like yeah, you're, you're some kind of instinctual animal. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 instinct and it's that fight or flight. Like everybody's born with that fight or flight. Like we mm -hmm. for instance, uh Michael Myers, for instance, how people just I'm gonna take off running, but I'm gonna just decide I'm cutting through the woods or I'm gonna just bang mm -hmm. on everybody's door. You know, and it's always setting up non-realistic aspect because nowadays cell phones and stuff like there's no way you're going to be running down the street and this dude is just chasing you and there's this many people and right. he's still going to catch you. Like, I'm just walking away. But at mm -hmm. the same time, hey, nobody ever decide, hey, I'm going to run into a police station with this random guy chasing me. Yeah. <laughs> that would probably stop a lot of things. You know, I think yeah. that would clear up a lot of that movie, whole movie series done. Yeah, or, or even like the whole I know what you did last summer uh, with, you know, Ghostface you know, Killer, man. Like that... I've those seen that were movie those were time. wild. One time, I've only seen that one time. One time. Well, and you I remember the whole remember 
Oh, I was about to say, I don't know if you have any don't interest, but it. what made it interesting was it was always changing who it was. Like, you might, like, most horror movies, you can kind of guess the plot. You can almost, like, who's gonna guess be, the yeah. order in which people are going to go out in and who's going to survive. And, like, you, yeah, can, yeah, yeah. you can you can do that, especially, like, if you yeah, watch so few, much foreshadowing, you know, it's just yeah. like, I know you're going to die. Like, yeah. It's just, it's, yeah. it's common sense for you to die. Yeah. And I mean, it, there's every archetype of like, you got the stoner guy, you, you go through and you'd be like, okay, uh, he's kind of lovable. He'll probably be one of the last to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> I mean, I like, um, I like more so psychological and uh, supernatural thrillers and horror movies versus like the slasher type. Because mm-hmm. the slasher type is just like, I already know the killer's either going to get away. Oh, he's gonna die and be somebody we already knew who it was gonna be. So it doesn't mm-hmm. just like really, you know. But when it's like you know demonic, scary horror movies, that kind of I feel like it really incites that like okay, shit. Yeah. What would you do in this aspect? Because you can hey hey, a demon's haunting your house. I'm gonna go leave the house because most people say hey, dolls moving around the house. Excuse my French, but f it. I'm leaving the house. Now you go to somebody else's house. And any house has an issue. So it kind of leads you to that mindset of like, oh shit, okay, now what would you really do? Because you can run away from a killer all day long. But yeah. think about Annabelle. You got this weird doll. You threw mm-hmm. something out. Now it keeps making its way back in the house. Yeah. Do do? Uh, man, I think like Insidious, like uh, that's probably like one of my favorite films yeah. in that style. Yeah. It's not so much at the place. It's like you, you yourself are haunted mm-hmm. and like you, you, you have a, a, a devil or however you want to put it on. Something your not, yeah, exactly. Something is not right with you. Like, yeah. Something is not right. You in trouble. Word. <laughs> Word. Something is not right. And like, I mean, yeah, dude, I, I totally watched those. And, uh, uh, and what's crazy is, uh, I've interviewed someone who performs like these exorcisms and really like, he, he showed like a lot of them were videoed and he was like, I can show you some of these uh, exorcisms I perform. I have it on video and I'm going to tell you Hollywood. Uh, they ain't far off. Like I have seen that ugly right. black vomit. I have seen like the, the neck twist. I have seen the eyes roll back. Like, Dude, oh, he is damn. he he has seen and experienced some wild stuff. But like even like when we watch that on a film, I think it is that kind of psychological is like man, one, I think we're fascinated by it, and two, it's almost like that could never happen to me or somebody I love. Exactly. I was exactly gonna say that. It's one of those things where it's like it fascinates you to the point of like, oh wow, but it doesn't fascinate you to the point of you can bring it into reality and say, hey. This could actually happen, like you said, to somebody I love, or mm-hmm. no, like this is just fantasy. Like this, it wouldn't really, really happen. Like, oh, that wouldn't really, really happen. Yeah, that that happens over there to somebody else that I don't exactly. know. It does, like, it, yeah, it, that, it doesn't. It won't, it won't affect me ever. Right, and that's yeah. what I've I've heard it from people before <laughs> who tell me they don't watch scary movies like that because they believe that it opens up stuff like that. It opens a portal and it can bring it into your area and stuff like that and bring it i have your, uh your, your i've watched a couple of films uh there was I, I think insidious two or three kind of gave me the heebie-jeebies like that like after the film 
was the over second at, one was kind of creepy. The first I, one, I was like, when the dude jumped out the cabinet, I was like, oh yeah, what the fuck? No, 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 yeah. uh, no. Yeah, dude. But like, uh, like after Insidious two, like, and it kind of lingered for a couple of hours. But I just, even though I was home alone, like I just felt like there was something in the rooms with me. It felt you know? weird. It felt yeah. really weird. Okay. I yep. was creep. I, I had the, I had the creeps, you know. Yeah, get, yeah, I definitely definitely have had that after a few movies. Have you watched the Conjuring series? I have like, seen The Conjuring. I haven't watched them all. Okay. The Conjuring the first one, I would definitely say was the best one. The second one, I it's not worth watching. But the Conjuring series is with the Annabelle series. It all relates into one. Don't they don't it start with the nun if I'm not mistaken? No, it starts with the conjuring. Okay, I think the nun comes after. I'm not 100 sure, so don't quote me. But it might. Yeah, start but they're all the connected, nun. right? Yep, yep, definitely. I've seen the nun. I've seen beats and pieces. But the one that was scariest was the Curse of La Llorona. It came. With I ain't even heard of that series. It's on like HBO Max. If you Google the conjuring series, you'll see it starts from the conjuring up and whatnot. So, yeah. But I've heard a couple of people say like, nah, I'm not going to watch that. Like I can't watch stuff like that. It's just something feels weird after I watch it. And I'm like, yeah, I can, I can definitely understand that. You definitely understand yeah. where you're coming from with that one. I uh, just think that sense in the air, like something's not. Right. Talk to you about uh, the bonsai trees, man, for a minute. I, and I'll tell you this, like, um, Someone recently uh, bought me a plant. I'm not sure what kind it is, but I keep it at work. Uh, somebody at work got it for me after my dad passed away. And so uh, I like keeping it there with me in my office and, you know, water it and tend to it and watching it grow. And like every, every time I, you know, look at it or I'm tending to it, I I think about my dad and I was like, what a thoughtful gift. Uh, and, I, and I always like thought it was a little ridiculous, like when it come to a plant or like, something inanimate even though it's not uh it's very much alive and it's kind of wild man like how did you get into bonsai trees well first i'll definitely want to tell you my condolences for your dad yeah thank you um, dude i got into plants from my grandmother uh my grandmother passed last year so uh growing up in new york most people can imagine what the Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba looks like it's a concrete jungle um my grandmother wasn't born in america so my entire half of the backyard obviously everything is a square from the lots that the houses are built the mm -hmm. entire back of my backyard that made the back perimeter was a garden so it was tomatoes to kale to collard greens to squash everything oh, wow. was grown in the backyard so she literally, I would go out in the backyard after school and help her do stuff or cut this. or I got to dig up these potatoes and it's like, I'm making mashed potatoes tonight. So the horticulture thing really came uh, from my grandmother. Uh, farm to table, literally, dude. 
in the backyard in Brooklyn. Like we had a cherry tree that hung over the entire backyard. They planted it um, when my mother was probably four or five. So obviously in my lifetime, it took over the whole backyard. So the backyard was shaded in the summertime because New York summers get like 100 degrees. They get really hot. And remember, all the houses are brick. So Oh, dude, yeah. I mean, like you said it concrete jungle i mean you basically got just yeah. a, a concrete oven and it's just Hot. cooking everybody and i remember <laughs> a lot of the places up there are not built with central ac you know like central ac was a newer concept not mm-hmm. when houses were built back in the 20s in new york so the house i grew up in was a store and they bought it and converted it into a house so the size of the backyard the horticulture thing my grandmother had a lot of plants inside outside um on the top of the house was a porch area, but it led off into the other building and it was full of plants. So part of my responsibility was like watering the plants after school and stuff. Like I would get the key, open the gate, open the door to the window. Well, cause you know, all, all the windows are like locked and gated in New York. So open the window, open the key, put a thing, you know, water the plants, put it back, stuff like that. So and little responsibility, as, young age, man. That's cool. And like and it you was, kinda you saw the fruit of your labor real time. Yeah, <laughs> but I never thought about it, man. It was just like I know when I get home, my grandmother's about to start cooking and stuff. She's gonna open the windows. I know she's gonna tell me get some water, do the plan. So if I do it now, I can go play with my toys and I can tell her I already did it, you know. Yeah, Done. easy out the way. But as I got older, I just I always had a thing for plants. So different apartments, I just plants, plants, plants. Um my uncle, my mom's brother, was in the military, and he was in the Navy. He lived over in Japan for roughly over eight years. When he moved back to New York, when they came back to the States, he brought his wife back, who was fully Japanese, and she brought her culture back. She brought back bonsai trees. Uh-huh. So they were in the house. So I would see her, you know, just do whatever she was doing with them, and you know, just watering them, let's see her clipping them, stuff like that. And I, I was a kid, so I was like, oh, okay, whatever. But as I got older, living in New York, going to Chinatown, different places in New York, I was like, oh, wow, where did they have bonsai trees? Like, oh, those are so beautiful. So as I got older, it was just kind of an aspiration. And I went to an auction one time, and they auctioned off one. I was like, shit, I can buy that. Nobody's going to bid on that. I can buy that. I know mm-hmm. I can buy it. So it just kind of started a little bit from there and um just kind of started growing as a little bit of a hobby more or less it was another form of art for me it was living art versus me putting my art on paper this was living art and it's living yeah. art through centuries of a culture that is so far from my culture you know it just transformed into started collecting and had a few and then end up getting more and then while i lived in florida i actually had bonsai trees at my mom's house i would have to call her on a watering schedule like hey i'll be up there in a couple weeks you know i need you to water them and whatnot and i'll be going months at a time like ma you water my trees (laughs) i need you to hook me up right now (laughs) yeah she didn't like it she's like no i didn't water i'm like why did you water them they need water Oh, man. And I'll tell you, dude, like when it comes to culture like that, I mean, I'm, I've probably been obsessed with it for 25 years, man. Like, I love the manga comics. I like anime. I like, 
of the the bonsai trees, the culture, man. Like if you put on the last samurai or Ronin or anything of that word, anything like that, dude, you you got yeah. me. I'm about, I'm about to hang out for a minute. I mean, this is one of those things where the Japanese culture has become so involved in the culture of a lot of people. People don't really realize it. Like I've always had a love of Japanese culture aside from obviously my uncle living in Japan. I'm an artist. So growing up, I watched all the manga comics. I watched Dragon Ball Z. This is before my uncle even got back. You know, it's just like I was already fascinated in it. So to, start to have it indoctrinated in my house a little bit. Like nobody had to follow any specific rules of Japan, but you know, I was interested, you know, in what she was, you know, do and like out the way she dressed. It was the same way I was seeing comics. I was same way I was seeing like the stuff I would watch. Mm-hmm. Then my uncles, they came back with swords and I'm like, oh my God, like this is everything, you know? So yeah. It it, it sparked something in me, especially when it came to my artwork. It you know really took a toll on my artwork as far as just the the lifestyle of everything and then when i started tattooing obviously that was the prime of everything who does not think of when it comes to tattoos asia asia i mean it's it's the the most iconic think about it Mm -hmm. what other set of people walk around with full body set tattoos probably samoans but those and Mongolians, but but that's Asian culture. Oh, but, and I would even exactly. I would I would even consider <clears throat> Samoans to be more Asian Pacific. Asian, yeah, exactly in the Pacific. So yeah, it's just it's one of those things where it really took a major highlight on me. So it in being and living in New York at the same time when I really started to get big into my tattoo career and stuff like that. You know, think about it. It's it's the mecca of everything. So you have a lot of different styles and stuff blended. Oh, it's uh, you have like every creed, every color, every community. It's all represented there. I mean, dude, I was yep. listening to a, a a podcast this morning, and uh, they were talking about New York City, and they were talking about the idea of community and like just how different it was when they moved. They was like. I just thought that's how everywhere was. You you had Chinatown, you had Little Italy, you had you had uh Ireland, you had uh everything, like every every country that you could think of. You had Ethi- Ethiopians, you had you know all in one city. Mm-hmm. And this is camaraderie aspect of it. It's just like, whoa, everywhere is together but not separated. You know? Yeah. It's just a melting pot. That's <laughs> exactly what it is. Yeah, and I mean, I think I think you know that when it came to the art, dude. Like, uh, that's that, I didn't know that about you. I didn't know that you used to do uh, tattoos. I thought I thought it was all just visual arts and uh, graphic design. Ah. <laughs> a lot of my tattoos. I don't know if you see. Um, let's just say the lower half of my body. I've did a lot of my tattoos myself, man. Oh, really, yeah. dude? Next time, next time uh, we're hanging out, you got to show me. I, I had no idea, brother. I've tattooed myself, tattooed my wife. <laughs> yeah, man, I stopped because Brie was pregnant and um, just the pandemic, everything was going on. I wasn't at a shop in Georgia and um, my shop that I did start going to that my family owns in Georgia, 
I got banned from there because they were so afraid of like what was going on with the pandemic. Brie was pregnant. So they were like, you can't come here now because you could get something and take it to her. Mm. Now you can't come here until we figure out what's going on. I'm like, wait, what? It was like, you are the only family member here who has a pregnant family member. You now can't come here. So like all of the tattoos I was in the process of getting stopped like everything. It was like oh, a man, like fiasco. And I was like, I have clients that I'm going to bring there recently to get tattooed. They're like, no, no more tattooing for you. Well, not here at least. And they're like, Ooh. if we find out that you're tattooing, we're going to come take all your machines. I'm like, damn. So I had to stop because they were like, it's just not safe. Because you think about I'm around blood. I'm around like exposed skin. I'm around random people like you. With the pandemic at the beginning of it, you just did not know. So yeah, like, if we uh, find out that you tattooed anybody, I will take your machines. No more tattoo for you. Bye-bye. Man, you become a father, uh, lost a job, and moved during a pandemic, huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, at the same time, I was still working at the hospital in Georgia. So when you're on my off time, I would hit the shop. I would tattoo. I would get some stuff done. But when it all hit, immediately they were like you know everybody was like no do not tattoo it's not safe you're meeting up with random people god knows what's going on so and then my job just randomly said hey we're gonna pay you to be out of work for five months you know the whole thing of i remember late 2019 wuhan china and you know there was this oh it's pretty bad but we're probably all right. And then next thing you know, it had a little outbreak in Europe. And then it hit Washington state. Europe and like, hit, like you said, that was November. In China. Yeah. Europe hit like December ish. Uh -huh. I know exactly what you're talking about. And like, exactly it, it's almost like about. that horror film thing that we were talking about. Be like, dude, that's, that's some over there thing. We're, we're, we're totally okay. Dude, let you me know? ask you this. Have you ever seen the show? I'm sorry to interrupt. Have no. you ever seen the show Containment on Netflix? I have not. I'm check that out. Okay. There's a show called Containment, and it was literally COVID. I think it's another movie. It's another movie with uh Lawrence Fishburne. It's called Contagion. I've seen that. Okay. Contagion was COVID. Mm -hmm. The way they went about that movie, if you look at how they did the whole movie. It was fully COVID. And there's a show called Contagion that came out and it took place in Atlanta. The movie came out, I would say, 2018. Um, I remember that because the show came out somewhere around 2018. I remember that because Bree and I were in like, I think that was our first apartment. And we watched the entire series and was just like, that seems too realistic. Like, that's crazy. She was like, you know, that's going to happen at some point. So by the time COVID hit, it went off of Netflix. And I was like, what was that movie that we were watching? There was a movie. Uh, like they, You got, they, you got they Mandela affected. Everything <laughs> in. I was like, there's a sh movie we were just watching. And we ended up finding it. I was like, yo, this is the movie. This is what's going on right now. And it just went away. But it randomly came back to um to netflix in like 
I think 2022 or early 2023. And a bunch of people were like, oh, if you've never seen the movie Contagion, watch the movie. I'm like, no, yeah. no, no, no. This movie came out a long time ago. They prepared you for this. Mm-hmm. Like, it was a full-on situation. I was just like, nah, man. That's well, man. Right about that movie. You gotta watch, you gotta check it out. Like, if you watch it, you will see what I'm saying. It was the exact same protocols as COVID. Same. Well, dude, I'm, I'm, I'm crossing my fingers on Independence Day and Will Smith, dude. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> hey, I've seen a bunch of stuff. I'm not going to call it a conspiracy theorist, but I just look at it like this. There's no way this one planet in the entire solar system has the only intelligent life form. It's a very selfish thought. I'll put it that way. Because to say, obviously, well, if you say people don't live on the sun because it's too hot, that makes sense. But that's to say, if people lived on Mars or Mercury, there's nobody that lives on Earth. Sounds True. funny. It sounds well, funny. It sounds far-fetched, but at the same time, it's a very selfish thought to say we are the only intelligent life form in an entire galaxy or the entire space universe. Maybe, you know, I could maybe I could maybe understand like solar system, sure. But like, you know, with everything from the Hubble telescope, like even that they're peering off into other solar systems and different galaxies. I mean, you can't tell me that there's not another Earth or something and exactly, very similar. Like it's 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 very far fetched to say we are the only life form or any type of intelligent being, whatever you want to call it in the entire solar system or other solar systems you know like have you ever seen a movie interstellar yeah okay Matthew McConaughey. I think, yes i think that was a great depiction for people of it may not be realistic but this is what could be type of thing you know like that planet he went to where one hour on that planet was seven years on earth you know, it's, yeah, he was it's, at dog ears. <laughs> exactly. You know, it's just so far. It's hard to make that distinction to say, hey, this is so far fetched. It's not true. And it's just like, well, how do you know? Like, well, I mean, like the the entire way that we base time, you know, think about it. We base it off a of rotation around the sun. And then like the way that we uh, exactly the, the construction of time as we know it. I mean, like you can talk about time being relative or you can talk about time being concrete. But like that does open up like a window. It's like. Well, I mean, it's time. A day it's, here is seven years, but I mean, what does that mean? You know, and it's, it's time. It's, yeah. it's it, it could be future, past tense, or present tense. It, it, mm-hmm. It's a very wide range of speculation. Yeah, I think that's always interesting when you stop looking at time as being linear, and it like actually has a lot more axes to it rather than mm-hmm. past, present, and future. But exactly. there's there's other intersections of it. Dude, we're gonna watch in the cellar. We're gonna have a movie date. Oh, let's do it. We'll do a watch along. Definitely watch a movie. <laughs> Watching the other stellar. Yeah, dude, I'm with that. Well, uh, man, getting back into tattoos. That's incredible, dude. Like, uh, I might have to get you to. Uh, I might have to get one. Get one from you, dude. <laughs> Let me know, my man. Let me know. I consider some shops out here. Uh, it's not a lot of options for you know. Um, just creativity i would say i've seen one or two shops out here they didn't seem they just kind of seemed like there's a run-of-the-mill basic you know it's just a basic tattoo shop and i feel like with stuff like that 
you kind of get stuck in just that mundaneness of, well, I'm a tattoo artist and I'm here, you know. Uh, some people don't know what it's like to be in the tattoo world. It's like being a barber almost. You just don't work at a tattoo shop. You know, you just, you don't go there every day and I'm here and I'm just going to tattoo all day. People don't know you have to come up with different ideas. You have to sketch out different media to be tattooed for people to want, you know, mm -hmm. or the biggest thing that people don't realize is you have to pay for your booth. You know, it's like being a hairstylist somewhere or being a, a barber. You might have that booth in that shop but you have to pay the owner of the shop to rent yeah. that booth, mm -hmm. you know? So if you're in a place where like here, like let's just be honest about it. Who's really here getting a lot of tattoos. Like a lot of people like, Hey, daily in and out. The tattoo shop is booming, like in and out 24 seven. Mm -hmm. I'm getting tattoos. I'm getting piercings, tattoos and piercings are for the younger generation. We don't really live in an area where it's like a lot of the younger generation in and out, in and out, in and out, in and out, especially here. So well, you'll go. I somewhere. mean, and and just to the tattoo culture, like of uh, not to call any out by name, but uh, just people within the Golden Triangle that I know who have shops and they tattoo. I remember years ago that they were so hungry and fired up that they would go to like tattoo cons. Yep. And like they, stuff, yep. and they were going to conventions and they were putting their artwork up against other tattoo artists all over the country and winning awards. And just all of a sudden, like what happened to that fire? Like I, I used to be like so inspired and I actually wanted you to, I wanted your work on my body, but now it's like you're lackluster, you know, like you lost the fire somehow. I don't think they lost the fire, man. I think it's just, that mundaneness, maybe? Nah, that spotlight's not on the area, so it's not pushing that drive, you know? Like, okay, it's just not an area. Now, I can't speak for everybody. Like, that's that's just me saying from what I've seen from an outside person moving into yeah, sure. an area like this. It's like, not to say you don't have that drive, but it's just not that pressure, you know? Like, it's not that pressure to say, like, you know, I'm... I have to keep modifying my creativity to stay relevant. Like I have to keep pushing what I know and what has made me and got me to where I am to stay relevant. And that happens to a lot of artists. That's not one single person. That's not one single shop. Any artist living in the shop, not living in the shop, working in the shop will have that moment sometimes where you get that creativity block where it's just like, bro, I'm not, I'm not drawing shit. Excuse my French. Well, I'm just, mm -hmm. I'm not in for it right now. But to be able to keep that lifestyle living, because like I said, every day you have a bill. You have a bill at the end of yeah, the month. Or rent's due. Shop does it. Rent is due for that chair that you tattooing people out of. Mm -hmm. You know, so you have to be able to find that driving yourself to really be like, yo, I have to keep pushing through it. Because it's like sometimes you might feel like yo, I'm doing something new. And it's like, well, everybody say there's nothing new under the sun. So it's like I might be creating the most new and innovative innovative thing and it might work out for you for a minute and then somebody might take it from you, do it better. And it's like, you know, you got to recreate yourself and find that drive to you know, yeah. keep it going. But when a place like this, I definitely see that. It's just like, man, I don't see it tattoo prospect wise. Like I um, 
West Point. I went out to Coon Tattoo to mm-hmm. meet the people out there, and I was just like, I like this is this is not a very I'm in here type of thing, you know, like Yeah. Man, uh we we talked a, a bit about art. I wanted to see uh your feelers on this is uh man, there is uh there's a certain feeling that comes over me like when I finish a song and I know it's done. Uh it has to feel the same way as like when a comedian is able to come up with the perfect setup for the closing joke or maybe like what is that feeling when you finished a really good piece of art like do you see what i'm kind of saying like yeah, and especially yeah, like is, i see what you're saying i see what you're saying keep going keep going and it's like man it's just like and also i think about like who did i do it for and I've I have totally quit trying to have like some kind of a muse when it comes to uh the art or the the form of it. Uh maybe it's selfish, but man, I've just lately, like for the past couple of years, I've been just doing things for me. And if other people happen to like the way I describe something or the way that I phrase something, we connected. But like I, I don't I don't really have something in mind that I'm kind of musing, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I got you. I definitely got you on that one. Um, let's see. Mm. I would say when a piece is finished to me, I mean, something's never really finished. You know, you can always go back and add like one or two things, especially because everything I do is visual. Um, mm-hmm. Music-wise, it's a little different for you. Um, I'm not musically inclined at all. I have family members who are, but I am not musically inclined, not even a little bit. So it's a little bit different for you. I believe your oldest is going to be. He might be. He definitely might be. I haven't He's interested. too long ago. Like, uh, I mean, I, I saw him at like last we met at Munson's, like, uh, it happened two or three times. I mean, his, his eyes and like his full attention was on that guitar. Mm-hmm. Man, the piano, uh-huh. the drum set not too long ago, but the piano, he definitely likes the piano. He played the one, I think, out in, um, West Point that's outside, that purple one. Yeah. It still works. He got to play it. He was like, whoa, this makes noise. I was like, man, because I grew up with a um, a grand piano in my house upstairs. Uh, my grandparents had got it years before I was born. They made my aunt learn how to play it to make it obviously not go to waste. So I was just like, man, if you could play a piano, my mom would probably be happy because God knows I cannot play that thing. I just bash yeah. on the keys for fun. But yeah, when he goes to Munson, he sees that piano. He's just like, I'm going on that stage. He's fired up. Be up there. Yep. So I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. But um, back to the question, man. Um, I don't know. I it's just it's not to say it's a feeling that you get. I just can't find the specific word to say I see it, where I don't know what else to do to this now to bring it into my vision, because everything I draw, I see it. So I see it yeah. as I'm gonna finish it. But once it's to that point, I can't say it's fully finished because I always find ways to go back and just edit 
this thing i might edit that thing i might just put a little bit of touches into here I might put a little bit of touches into there it's just it's this feeling that you get where it's just like i want i want this to be heard not even seen i want you to hear this like i want it to resonate through your hearing not your visuals yeah i want this to speak to you like i want you to feel it like deep and mm -hmm. once all of the, the i'd say the details are in and it's where i want it to be it's just like i want somebody to feel this and I want to critique yeah. on it. I want somebody to say something. And how you feel about it could lead me to, now nah, I'm going to take this back off and I'm going to work on this or I'm going to edit this. Or if you tell me, hey, this piece resonated with you and it felt dark. If I had a different notion to it, I'm going to go in and now I'm going to switch different things up. Like, man, I don't want you to have that feeling toward it. If you have that feeling, somebody else might have that feeling. So let me go in and, so, you know, it's like it's never really done, you know. Yeah, I mean, that's something I like when I have musicians on, I like asking them, uh, and every answer is different, is, I, you know, I'll ask, when is a song finished? And, like, I think each song uh, is finished in different places, but to an effect, I kind of feel like Bob Dylan's or some of the, the guys from Ode to where, I mean, I was at a Bob Dylan show last year, and there were these younger guys down in front of me, and he had gotten halfway through, uh, you know, some of his bigger songs that people know, like Shot the Sheriff or whatever else. And, um, like, they left. They were frustrated because it, it wasn't, I guess, what they heard on the radio. Like, the song had grown, and the way that he performed it live has changed over the years. Like, it just don't yeah. hit him the same way it used to. And I was, like, I was taken back by it, like, artist to artist but i could tell like the the guys down in front of me who were frustrated were like they wanted it the way that they knew it but i, I see and i understand both sides the of artist it. grows man like it's, yeah it's, i'm not the same artist i was 20 years ago who recorded the song or who painted this picture it's it's grown like not i've grown the piece in itself of art has grown mm -hmm. it's attracted different you know feelings of different people and I mean, I've had that happen to me. Like, uh, I've had bands that I grew up with, such as like Incubus. I haven't been real crazy about like the past couple of albums that they put out, but I'm still an Incubus fan. But like to what you're saying, they grew and uh, they they outgrew me. I'm not where they are right now. Maybe I'll catch up with them later. Maybe I won't. Yeah. Yeah. But I still have the albums that I grew up with and loved, and I still cherish and listen to that, you know? Hell yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's just, it's about evolving. You know, I think one major thing about art is it evolves. <clears throat> it's not just what you start out with, you know, like for instance, me getting back into the tattoo world, I'm not going to be the same tattoo artist or my work is not going to be the same work that it was shit back in, back in 2013. Like that was a long time ago now. Yeah. Like 2014, I was, yeah. I was, that was years. a long time ago. Like I, I'm not gonna be that same artist. I might have a different aspect in how I like to do things, or you might have a different aspect of how you like to play your guitar versus how you did in 2014, 2012. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it's all about when people don't realize they get caught up in the product versus the producer. Hey, like, 
you feel me? Like, I don't think they see the growth of the person more so. They think more about what you did for them, like a song or a piece of artwork. This resonated with me in that time period. I am not that person now in that time period. Yeah, so, that's a good way of putting it. You know, like I've, I've progressed. Life has progressed. I'm putting out what has progressed. Yeah. Well, dude, uh, let's do three questions to walk out the door. Next time I get up with Shane, uh, we're going to get you back on the horn. Yo, no doubt. I spoke to him earlier, seeing how he was doing. He's doing pretty good. I'm definitely glad he's doing pretty good, man. Yeah, I've been meaning to reach out to him. Uh, I got to go I'm, get I'm, on his nerves one of these days. Yeah, no kidding. Let's Let's do it together. I'm going to bring the Civic like I did last time. I revved it up outside of his house. <laughs> you got to do it. Yeah. Couldn't help myself. Got to let the W know, too. <laughs> okay. I don't think his neighbors are too happy. Hopefully, didn't give him too hard of a time. <laughs> well, dude, uh, if if there's anything that you would like to plug uh, or the socials or where people can kind of stay involved with your artwork, uh, would you like to plug uh, your socials for that? Uh, yeah, man. Uh, Excellius Art. Tag me in it. Um, I'm also on Instagram. I have a lot of new projects coming out, so I'm in a major revamp of the website just to be able to master certain things that I'm coming out with. But yeah, stay in contact with me, man. I'm here in Columbus. You know where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Want to meet up? Meet me at Munson. That's the place to be. Right on. Uh, question two, man. You mentioned going up to outskirts of Atlanta to hike. Uh, is there a national park or somewhere that you would like to go that you haven't had the opportunity to go to yet that comes to mind? Ah. No. Off the top of my head, I I can't say. Um, Places that I haven't been that I want to go, they are a lot further from Georgia. They're um, on the Appalachian Trail toward, uh, no, they're toward uh, North Carolina. Couple oh. parks out west, I definitely want to go to. Um, I will give them a shout out because I have not been yet, and I definitely want to go Yellowstone, um, Yellowstone National Forest, um, Yucatan. Yeah, definitely two places I want to check out. Haven't had the opportunity to go just because it's a, it's not something you can do in a weekend. You have to actually like really plan it, plan it, plan it. I had a buddy. Sure. He went. Uh, he went out west. Uh, he took his girl with him. I think they had uh, some friends getting married, maybe out in Colorado, but they headed south afterwards down uh, through different national parks, went to the Grand Canyon. And, like, basically he rigged and bought everything for uh, his Toyota 4Runner at this time to, I mean, they just lived in the 4Runner, and they stayed at these different national parks, and they did a Western National Park tour. And I was like, I don't know if it'll happen in 2024, but 2025, I want to. I want to take about two. I want to take about two weeks and go do it's that. It's So possible. It's so possible. <laughs> Funny that you mentioned a forerunner. Uh, I had been looking to buy a car for the longest because everybody knows during the pandemic the price of cars just went up. Oh like my gosh, dude! Mentally, man, it was ridiculous. So, uh, Bree and I, the one car that we wanted was a forerunner. There's so many possibilities with that car. It's ridiculous. I have a friend of mine who literally. The Ford Bronco is that way too. Yeah, but it's too Not the same. New. It's yeah. too new. The Forerunner is a long standing thing. Tried and true. 
Exactly. Like you, it's it's not gonna <laughs> you're not gonna go wrong with it, and you can find parts anywhere. He totaled that thing out, and you'll like this story, especially when it comes back to your alligator. They were uh, coming back from that trip. They were in Louisiana. He was asleep, and his girl was driving, and a uh, big commotion. The truck went off the road. They hit a black bear. Oh, and it cool. it it jacked that vehicle up. You oh know? yeah, bear, black bears are very big animals. They're bigger <laughs> than a six hundred pound person. Not okay. But yeah, tried cool. and true. And uh, cool. I think if they had somebody different to look at the vehicle, like the insurance guy or whomever came out and looked. It probably could have been salvaged. I was like, nah, it's man, a damn, it's a Toyota. Come on. Nah, that's frame damage, man. That's frame damage. You had a bear or something like that. That's frame damage. It wasn't like that's a direct over. hit. It like, like front, right. And like, ah, was pushing. yeah, but you, you're me, probably on something. Give me a new one. Just give me a new one. I don't want but bear he, parts in mine. He ended up better, dude. He, he upgraded to like the Lexus version. So he's, he's highballing. Ah, he abandoned it. Well, no, he didn't abandon it because Lexus is owned by Toyota. Yeah, it's the fancier version. It's the fancier version. But yeah, I had a friend who took the back seats out and um, air mattressed it in the back. That's what they did. Yeah. So it was like a full on conversion to the whole back. And they did something with the the back glass where they had this tube and it like it was almost like air conditioning for the vehicle while it wasn't running. Like it word. It was like water, like it like snorkeled up and over and it would sit. You put cold water up and like it would like blow that's cool the fan air. Okay. Yeah. Oh shit. That's pretty cool. Sorry. Yeah. Bad my, excuse my French. Man, that's pretty good. cool. That yeah. is actually pretty cool. That's something <laughs> yeah. to look into, man. Hey, I mean, there's, there's some great ideas out there, dude. No, that's pretty cool. <laughs> shit. I'm in the process of, um, I really want to get an RV. Um, been thinking about it for the last uh, year or so. I want anything crazy. Uh, just something comfortable, you know, something small, something comfortable. I th- I thought about a teardrop for years. You've outgrown a, a teardrop now, but uh, I, those little teardrops are cool, dude. You know what I'm talking about? The wind up ones where you can crank it. No, it's a, it's a, it's like an RV, but yeah, it's like that, and you hook. It don't have a bathroom in it, but like it's just it's shaped like a teardrop. And uh, it was, yeah, like the old school metal ones. Like mm-hmm. the, yeah, yeah, one of those. Yeah, I can't stand up on one of those. I can't. Yeah, I've, I've, I've been, been in one. I, I can't stand up. I've been in one, and that was my only issue. I was like, but it would be nice just to like crawl in and to sleep. But I was like, it does kind of. It ain't like some airstreams I've been in. Yeah, yeah. I I've been in the airstream too. The I was a little too tall for the one I had been in. Yeah, like I think I would need an upgraded one, a little bit of like a height clearance. But I like the ones that kind of have the the attachment to the truck where you can just drive it. Yeah, you can pull to it. attach it to some. No, not pull it. Oh, you dri- oh, yeah, actually drive, drive it. it. Yeah, but not the giant, giant ones. You know, where it's a whole yeah. tractor trailer foot long of a giant square bus. Like the you know, you know old school old school ones back in the day. They have like little camper that hangs over the top of the head. Oh yeah, you know, like one of the eighties, nineties ones, something like. It's that. almost like a a full blown U-Haul truck. Okay, yes, exactly. With the yeah. whole little yeah. bit that sticks over the head, something yeah. comfortable like that. I always thought those were kind of cool, versus yeah. like the giant, you know, spaceship driving down the road, sixty feet long. Yeah, that's a bit much. Yeah, I don't want to drive a tractor trailer. I don't have a CDL, and I don't want one. Mm-mm. 
Well, dude, last question walking out the door. It is a softball. What was your favorite part of this conversation? Ha, favorite part of this conversation. Hmm. Didn't know you lived in so many places. Yeah. I'll say that's my favorite part. Pretty interesting. Didn't know you lived between Tuscaloosa year. No college years, stuff. man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, brother. You... Oh, yeah. my bad. I was gonna say no, second go ahead. favorite go ahead. part. Just getting to catch up, man. Um haven't told you in a minute. Last time we got to see each other was over at Munson. You know, we're just two dudes out here just working a lot, man. Just bouncing between work and trying to keep our heads afloat. So I would say the favorite part of my conversation with you was just seeing to hang out, man. Haven't seen you. Same, brother. Well, you are welcome. I appreciate it, man. Definitely appreciate you having me on. Thank you.
Visit Arizona. Time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.